Hi, I'm Johnny Lynch. I'm here with Glenn and a special guest, Helmet, of Sprinter and the Nerd Eye Podcast. We're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, video games, and TV shows. In this episode, Ensemble and Supporting Cast. Welcome to Dystropia. And he had the thing that he was called Emperor Palpatine Fingers. <laughs> which is a device you hold in this hand that uh, is like a dead man switch and if you'd let go it stops but uh, it just keeps generating static electricity so while he's standing there nothing's happening and then he comes over and taps you and he goes and you get the, the full buzz and there was a girl sitting in a chair and he just kept touching her leg and like she kept like flinching and stuff and then he came over and we kept doing like fingers on each other and sparks were flying and everyone was going crazy and I thought it was the most fun until I realised it was hurting him every time but he couldn't stop laughing <laughs> so he couldn't stop doing it so like it was it's like the force of a flick it's really yeah, sore yeah. when we're doing that we're doing E.T. fingers and stuff and like me touching someone else and then like touching them and stuff uh, but he couldn't stop laughing and then I realised I was like this really hurts he's like yeah and I was like you've been doing it for like an hour and he's like I know I'm in so much pain <laughs> but anyway that was, that was that hello and welcome yes oh we, we didn't mention the last episode but spoilers it's fairly standard if we're talking about stuff like pop culture like you know oh we're talking about this if you haven't seen it or you don't want to know what it is just skip ahead yeah because you know don't be stupid and go listen to the whole thing and go i can't believe people spoil that i did see that in an article recently where someone went big spoilers read the big spoilers here's a symbol of an eye with a line through it going spoilers do not read beyond this point if you if you don't want to see it yeah and then at the end of the article someone was like i can't believe you spoil that and it's like get the fuck out of here <laughs> amazing so we're joined by, by Helmut of Hello. Sprinter. Hello. Helmut. Doing another uh, Kraken Live version of Amiga Song Share at the start. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it didn't have the energy of the first I don't think it was good. I don't think it was good as the no, first one. Well, no, that last uh, episode was, was banging. The, the, the sheet I'm, didn't I'm, seem as I'm, into I'm, it. I'll be honest with you, I'm jaded with it. I'm jaded with it now at the stage. Now, it's, it's like my fucking... Uh, it's your walk. Sinead O'Connor's nothing compares to you. It's your walk by Pantera. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have any love for it in that scene anymore. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so, so, so this one we're talking about ensemble or supporting cast. It doesn't necessarily have to be actors. It can be like a show where there's no one defined protagonist or mm. a film or a, a game series where you have like a large group of characters that you just think work really well. Because um, it's kind of interesting how they approach it. Um, I do also, I will put my hand up right now and say that one of mine is technically cheating, but we'll get to that when we get to it. So. You're always at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're a tricky customer. You know. <laughs> You're a maverick. <laughs> Damn, how did you know? Uh, <laughs> Damn, you're a maverick with Mel Gibson, of course. Um, so who wants to start? I can start because yeah, I... because you're in the middle of drinking. So I am in the middle of drinking. This is, uh, this is the first episode where we actually are drinking beer at the same time. I was really holding off on that because... It's the nerdy influence. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> when, our, when our episodes start running an hour and a half long, that's what I like. I'm just going to start leading it. Yeah, just, just drink, beer, drink through it. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I can honestly see sometimes we're just going to hit episodes that are like 40 minutes because... Mm. Yeah, th- this is how it's done. Cool. Yeah. How did the show up runs? It doesn't really. Yeah. All right, great. Moving on. Um, you mentioned in the, in the previous episode you mentioned Save a Private, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Um, that to me is one of the all-time great ensemble casts. Um, it is just... Uh, the, the prequel to The Martian. You don't have to save Matt Damon. This, it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just all through time. We need to, yeah. we need to do some sort of... Never, n- never not stranded somewhere. <laughs> yeah. like. um, so that's, that is what I'd love to go into, but instead I'm going to talk about Aliens. Okay. Uh, Aliens... 
is for, for, for the one person listening who hasn't seen it yeah it's about <laughs> it's about space rape and, <laughs> and the embodiment of that okay which is a big black alien yeah and um, no I, I was I watched it recently in um, we went to see a, a live orchestra uh, playing along with it yep uh, oh, I saw that. And it was really, really savage. Yeah, it was great. And uh, there was a little bit at the start where James Cameron was talking about it, and he was saying that the first Alien movie was a haunted house, but the second one was a roller coaster. It, it was always moving forward. You couldn't stop. Just to stop you for a second, did you see a guy walking in late to that like an absolute asshole? Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck about the people who walked in late. It's the people who left early. Oh, fuck that. Because like the credits were rolling and people were getting up, and I was like, they're, they're playing out the credits, the orchestra. Like we have to wait for them to take a battle. This is big moment. Yeah, this like, is where yeah. they, they finally get to do <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah, oh my yeah. god! I was at the very front, so I didn't see anybody leave. I don't know <laughs> if it's just people who are like, uh, when that happens, is they're just so used to okay, film's over. Yeah, it's not exactly. a Marvel film, so I can go up and leave early. <laughs> exactly. So. But um, no, they were do They were saying it was a roller coaster, and they were talking about it, and uh, it was something that I'd um read about before as well. That when they were um filming. Uh, all of the um, the Marines, Rip, uh, not Ripley, but Hicks and Hudson and Vasquez and all those characters, they were trained. Do you want me to name them all? Uh, go on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they were trained. They were given military training. They yeah. were, but they trained as a group so that it would uh, give them kind of a bond. Yeah. And the idea is that they like it comes across in the movie. You see these guys hanging out. You see them shooting. The and they were allowed to customize their own gear and everything. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. So they brought their own gear home and everyone was allowed to like ride on it or everyone looked like. You know their character should because they've been wearing this for a while and they were they were customizing it, um and it means that when you get those jibes at each other, it's like you know anyone ever mistake you for a man? No, have you? Yeah, yeah. you. It comes across as really genuine because they've been hanging out, yeah. but they purposely didn't train and didn't even rehearse with the other characters. They didn't rehearse with um Sigourney Weaver and um the Wayland Utani Utani guys. Paul Reiser. Yes. They love Paul Reiser. Because they wanted them guys to be outsiders. They wanted them to feel really like... like They're they're kind of like... Like they're sowing the seeds of discontent. You can see in the movie that the Marines are all tight-knit and everybody else is just kind of hanging on the outsides. They've, they've done... It's been repeated similarly in, in other um, in other films. I was reading on it the other day. They, don't, they did it as well in Banner Brothers. Mm. So the guy who plays the colonel in Banner Brothers is actually military. Right. And he was the guy who put them all through their training. And they all had to train together. Oh, cool. And they weren't allowed... Um, they weren't allowed... Uh, what you call it? They weren't allowed not speak with an American accent. Because half the actors in there are English. Yeah. And if they were... If they spoke with an English accent, if they spoke with a normal accent, they were told to run the hill. Yeah. So the, the, that whole... Them running up and down the hill, like, they'd been doing that a while. <laughs> and it was like... So, like, one of the guys that like, could actually accidentally speak in English, uh, an English accent, he's like, up and back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? And he, like, he put them through drills. He they did it for, like, four or five weeks. Yeah. And then, as a way of ingratiating himself with them, on the last day, he was like, they come in and he's like, I've got a barbecue for everyone. They're like, way! <laughs> and he'd, like, fucking prime rib and like, oh, steak yeah, for everyone. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the only, he's like, I have to do something special or they're going to hate me. So. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, 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 like, Aliens is one one of my favourite movies, but I, I genuinely get the impression that when, like, Hudson is freaking out and stuff, I really, really get the impression that people are sick of his shit. Yeah. Like, because it's not just that they're acting, it's like, he's been doing this for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a year's worth of, of rehearsal and everything, and it, it does feel really nice it comes across, and I just think that was um, ridiculously well done. Uh, 
I'll give a shout out to the Adams family as well. I really, really like the Adams family. Um, yeah. And I think ev- it, it, again, it was people coming together to make that kind of weird unit and then presenting that to the world, which is the, like, yeah, I, when you actually think back on who's in that, like, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci, Raul Julia. Yeah. Before he went on to the career defining M. Bison. Um, yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> How can you get two Oscars for Best Actor? Like, it's amazing. It's <laughs> just he just gave him two, just two best acting. Best one wasn't the, he's holding himself up, like yeah. you know. Um, he wasn't but, even the, yeah the man. He got was, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher like, Lloyd. Did, yes, like people yeah. just forget that he was Uncle Fester. Yeah, and in he did one. it so well. Like. In that not quite a fat suit, but more of a a wide suit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's just yeah. this weird shape. <laughs> yeah, doesn't make any sense. And just the, the facial expressions, yeah. like yeah, and but I yeah, um, um but. Olivia Houston. Yes. Olivia Newton. But I don't know what kind of a movie that is. Uh, Adam Sandler. It is just an ensemble movie because yeah. it, that thing of like, you know, it's nobody goes on an adventure. Nobody, it's not like, it's not man goes on an adventure. It's not stranger comes to town. It's people coming into the family and the family going out into the world. And it's yeah. just the family. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a fish out of water. Kind of. Yeah. That kind of thing. But, Instead of it being here's this kooky character and we're gonna put them in a normal day situation, yeah. so they react it's the other way around because you bring in the normal person into this fucking it's mental <laughs> situation it is a, that everyone else thinks is normal. Going, I don't see what the problem is here. What's going is, on here? It's like, a sequence of straight man's coming into yeah. this crazy situation. But like you like the you like the family more just because of how well they're done. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, no, it's a great one. Hmm. Yeah, just it's my I haven't watched them in years. I have to go back and watch them. They're just. I I loved Raul Julia in that. Yes. I just growing up, I just used to love Gomez Adams. He was so well done. There, like all the scenes of him of him putting the roses about Tish, that's French. Doing yeah. like, doing the entire tango sequence, and even now I'm thinking about going. I do not know, like what what genre that movie was. It was just the Adams family. Yeah. It's like a Godzilla movie. It's just a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Like that's. It's like they sort of made it up as they went along, but it was grand. Has, has it been <laughs> imitated? Have people done that kind of? It's close as I think you would get as Beetlejuice, but I mean. Yeah. Beetlejuice was it's a different animal obviously like they were taken from the TV show but mm. they kind of it was like the TV show amped up to 11 mm. is it like the Beverly Hillbillies or something was there ones where it was these weird families kind of the well, Brady, kind of in the, the, Brady the, the second one the Brady bunch was brilliant for that the yeah, second yeah. one was very much the Beverly Hillbillies because they lose the house right right and they have to move out and they're in the they're living in the motel and all the rest and there's the whole them trying to integrate into normal quote unquote yeah, life is the one with John Cusack in it you think so yes, yes that was really good yeah oh. well it wasn't but I liked it <laughs> you know, that's all old TV shows that were suddenly put up on the big screen about these weird families and how they would exist in the real world uh, yeah yeah what about you Hamill what's your film Sneakers from 1992 Ooh. good shout good it was shout. the first time I went oh my god I'm really young and now I know what an ensemble cast is <laughs> 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 it was the first time I went oh look there's like a gang of guys and they're all guys and they're cool and there's there's yeah. no one clear leader. I know it was kind of Robert Redford, but not really. Yeah, it was. Donald, so, Donald so. Freud, River Phoenix, and uh, Sydney, Mr. Sydney Poitier. Mr. Sydney Poitier. I have not seen Sneakers. Have you not? Is it, it's a, is it a really heist movie or something? Really kind good. of? Kind of, but more uh, like, maybe like Ocean's Eleven meets MacGyver. Mm. It was, it I should was, have said Ocean's it, Eleven. That, that's the ultimate one. It was, it, was a tech, it was a tech heist back in the day tech where heist. tech was just starting to come out. Yeah. Right, right. So there's a lot of stuff in here like, wow, that's old. But like, but at the same time, you can recognize that at the time they were trying to stick 
fairly close to what tech was while not alienating the audience. Right, right. It was it was a decent attempt compared to some of the shit that was pumped out in yeah. the early nineties, yeah. like yeah, like the, the net. God, do you remember that? The piece net of, was amazing. Shit. <laughs> the net had a scene in it where a doctor who had medically examined a woman forgot who she was because she'd been deleted from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and. and I'm, I'm sorry, but like, and, and and none of it was the internet. She was never using the internet. She was just using Visual Basic the whole time. Yes, it was something somebody had built in Visual Basic and running on their Windows three point one one machine. Like, it, um, well, no, the sneakers is a good film. I yeah, like really I enjoyed it. I watched really... that about two, three years ago. It, was, it popped up on Netflix, and I just put it on. It was like, yeah, worth just the the conversations between um, Dan Aykroyd and and Robert Redford are brilliant. Well, it's, it's not brilliant. It's just really natural. I yes. love how natural the whole thing was. Yeah. And River Phoenix was the new kid and he was brilliant at it. It reminded me, well, I was reminded of it when I saw the first uh, Mission Impossible and I went, this is so sneakersy. Mm. The feel of every bit of it was really sneakersy, which made me go back and watch sneakers. But that actually held up quite well. Mm. Really well. Like for a 1992 movie about yeah. like tech. But even then. <laughs> Could have went to Hacker's Room. No, but, but here's the oh, thing. Man. You said it, like, it reminded you of the first uh, Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible is like t- more than 20 years old. No, what I mean is the... No, but the first Mission Impossible film is more than twenty years old. That's what I'm saying. Like, it it wasn't that long after. What was no? What about ninety six? Maybe was it ninety five, ninety six? Yeah. Mm. That's how long this Mission Impossible series has been. Then it was just a direct rip off. It's <laughs> 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 just so fresh in their minds. They just took from it. Yeah. No. Um, it's 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 mad how like like people don't think of Mission Impossible as Asian as being that old. God, yeah, right, yeah. Do you remember the very first Fast and the Furious movie? What they were stealing were DVD players. Yes. <laughs> and that, like, when you say that to people, like, that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a ride. Hell of a, <laughs> but I, I will not have a bad word spoken about Fast and the Furious. You know my feelings on that. So. <laughs> what, were they, what were they stealing in the last one? Uh, nukes or something? Oh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, invariably, they're, they're going to end up in space. Yes, they, they have to. It will they, be. There's nowhere left for them to go. They, yeah, they're yeah, constantly yeah. atop the previous. They're going to end up in space. It's gone very right. Saints Row. They're in the White House now. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care about that though. Oh, no. I it's prefer amazing. Saints Row to GTA because it's like so if, if you have that. Not, not, you, the last, not the last one. If yeah. you have a sandbox or if you have this kind of ridiculous yeah. world, just keep going bigger. Oh, so yeah. what's the crack when not having jetpacks in GTA? Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. Took them how long to get a jetpack in? Yeah, I know. So, but yeah, it's. Uh, I actually did, yeah, Fast and the Furious, yeah. Maybe, maybe Fast and the Furious is like the... That's my stomach rumbling, sorry. No, you're Apologies. grand, you're grand. Is that, maybe Fast and the Furious is like the bastard descendant child of like, uh, unwanted child who lives under the stairs of sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the legacy yeah. you can trace yeah. it down through. Like. But I was trying to think of the first one that made me think, yeah, like obviously I watched every episode of the A-Team when I, when I was a kid, mm. but uh, that did really not age well at all. No. If you go back and watch it, it's, you know, it, it doesn't even, the nostalgia doesn't even get you by it's so bad. And a lot of TV shows like MacGyver and are also god-awful. Yeah. They'd love to say that they weren't. When you go back and watch a lot of things, like, oh, geez, remember the first time I went back and watched Howard Duck? I was like, oh, that's not a good film at all. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that like the, the word they use in Hollywood? Like, oh, that's an awful Howard Duck. You know, yeah, I think that's so, the yeah. word they use to mean a bad film. I don't think it's necessarily a bad film. It's meant to be, it's, it's a term, I think, from my understanding of it, it was, as someone who completely missed the point of the license right oh right because Harry the Duck is a comic like one of those it's, it is very much a Marvel yeah. comic that's why he's in the, like, the, the end of like uh, like the movie Guardians posters Galaxy. movie posters from Ghana yes <laughs> exactly yeah, someone yeah, roughly yeah. explained what Harry the Duck was over a bad there. telephone line yeah. 
And then two and it, weeks, two uh, weeks later, they went to do it, the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Without trying to remember. Hang on, was that a... Was that a... I think so. I think he, he, meant, he mentioned something about your apps, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was... Yeah. Yeah, so sneakers as well. I really like sneakers. I was, I was in a pub a while ago, and uh, we were... There was an entire table of people drinking cocktails, because we discovered that if you went online, you could go on to Groupon. Oh, and nice. buy, buy a voucher for the place you were in right now. And they would redeem it. So, like, the cocktails were a five reach or something. So, we were all doing this. And hackers came on the TV. And we all shut up. Every one of us stopped talking and watched. <laughs> and there was no sound on the TV. But we all watched hackers, like, the last 40 minutes of it, quietly. Yeah. It's such a bombastic movie in terms of visuals and stuff like that. There, that's one thing I love about the visuals and that. All the trippy bits, quote-unquote trippy bits, yeah. where it's inside the computer. None of that CGI. That was a model someone built out yeah. of hair specs in metal. And they just flew the camera through it, and they were like, "John Carpenter stuff." It's yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was it's that it's that whole like it's 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 cheaper and it's easier to do than CGI yeah. at the time. I yeah. love the idea that the John Carpenter references the the start of Escape from New York. Mm. Yeah, and they built them city, yeah. put little strips of tape on the edges of everything to make it look wireframe. Yeah, and the idea that that was cheaper. Yeah, than making it in th- in yeah. in three D is astounding. Uh, last year, in, in preparation of going to LA, I watched Escape from LA. <laughs> Timeless, timeless, <laughs> absolutely yes. Timeless piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, Hang on, the basketball scene is great. <laughs> That's a GTA game waiting to be made. Floating <laughs> basketballs, <laughs> multi ball. Um, <laughs> oh no, um, my own films. I, I kind of two of them, both fairly recent, both starring Bruce Willis. No, oh, great stuff. Because I just think, like I've heard some weird stories about working with him you hear like particularly the Kevin Smith stories of working yeah. with him on Cop Out or working with him on uh, the, the ones I've been working on Die, Die Hard is fantastic Kevin Smith's a dickhead maybe I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Kevin Smith's a dickhead pretty sure like, Tim, I remember he said he was bullied by Timothy Elephant yeah like, no, I no he was... bullies Timothy Elephant it was the whole thing of, sure? like, it's like t- no it's, it's Timothy Elephant he worked with him on something and Timothy Elephant kept on like trying Mission, to like, or not, it's like her four no no they worked on something before that oh right right and then so basically every every time he talks about an actor he just he, he basically takes the piss out of him constantly yeah because he's just like I can't take you take, take you seriously at all right um, so yeah the um, but yeah the Bruce Willis so one of them would be Red hmm so have you seen Not Red? The, with yeah. Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren, yeah. Morgan Freeman, John Malkovich, Carl Urban, Ernest yeah. Bornine, Richard Dreyfuss. Like a ton of like yeah. great actors. Yeah. But that's kind of the point of the... But it's like... The, like Okay, Red 2 is terrible. Right. right. Now, I watched Red 1 because... Not because of all the people were in it, but it's based on a comic. And I liked it, yeah. I was like, I'll go watch it. And John Malkovich steals the fucking film. He does. Every time yeah. he shows up. Yeah. Um, But... It's also just uh, you could tell they're having a lot of fun, and it's just an enjoyable film. Yeah. And it, it, you know what it reminds me of? I I previously seen another film that it's not one of my picks, but a good show is um, The Losers, which <laughs> was adopt, which is adopted from. Uh, you know, there's a toilet in the other room, dude. That's, that's, uh, yeah. I don't even know if they're gonna hear that. So this would be great. <laughs> <laughs> this transition is just I go quiet for a minute. It wasn't dude, that bad of a film. There's a bathroom <laughs> right there. Um, no, The Losers, which has Idris Elba, um. Chris Evans, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right, right, a few other heads that you'd recognise, like that, and it's it's based on a comic by Rand Jock. It's a DC mm. Vertigo comic, and it's a very good one. But the sorry, I've lost my thing here. But Red, I actually thought was like it's like the old, the OIP version of that. It's like yeah, yeah, it's we're gonna do a, a losers for seniors. Mm. Um, Is that not cocoon. 
<laughs> no. Or Las Vegas. Special Forces guys. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Um, but I thought it was quite good. But the second one is terrible. Like, the second one, they don't seem to be having fun. It just seems to be kind of like... Do you know what turned me off watching the second one? I think I watched the uh, interviews with them. And they looked not impressed to have to even do the interviews. Like, oh, I bet you that's a shit film. So yeah. then you're right. Maybe they didn't Maybe. get on. Yeah, but they're doing a third one. No, like it seems oh, that they, they were. They, no, it seems, it seems that. that they liked the actors liked it. They seemed to have fun with the first one, but it seemed that the script for the second one just was nowhere near as good. Right, right. And it was just kind of more kick-ass kind of job. Yeah, yeah. The, the one, the one I would say was uh, we mentioned it before, one of the other episodes is uh, Lucky Number Eleven. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, good call. Really so, great. Like Ben Kingsley's in that. Uh, again, Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman. Mm. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it Lucy Liu and Josh Hartnett doing an amazing thing and I, I yeah, really yeah. like Josh Hartnett I really like him I think he's great I think he's a consistently good actor he puts up good results um, but the easy on the eye <laughs> sorry what yeah what no, no, I, did I say that I wouldn't even kick him out of bed if he's eating <laughs> crisps <laughs> just as long as he shared them like <laughs> um, but yeah it's just it's uh, it's very well done it's very well written the characters in it it's that whole thing of nobody's really likable, but everyone's kind of likable in, yeah. in, in, yeah. in the film, which is a very hard thing to pull off. Mm. When you're showing these characters and you're being introduced to the boss and the rabbi and you're like, these are bad people. These are horrendous people. Yes. And you know these are bad people, but you still like them because mm. they're very well done. So like that would be kind of the, the main one that would kind of spring out for me as being like a really good film that was, you know, it's time everyone was, mm. it's a good cast of characters, but also being played by a good range of actors. So it's not just, you know, like, because occasionally you'll see something that's like, well, he's normally shitting something, but he did a really good job in that yeah. one film, like, you know. But they're good actors and good, very well done, and the story was quite good. It's definitely a, a, one of my favourite uh, kind of ensemble ones. There does seem to be kind of the, um, the two kind of ways of approaching a really ensemble one, which is the, uh, the kind of classic heist Ocean's Eleven one, mm-hmm. where the big part of that is genuinely, if I can see that everyone's having fun, if I can see that literally we got a bunch of celebrities... Yeah, we got we give them a big holiday. We put them yeah. on a lovely boat. They all went to see Venice. They all went to see the you know, um, Monte mm. Carlo. They all went to this beautiful place. If everyone looks like they're having fun and they're just pretty, like and I get to watch Brad Pitt eat things. Yeah. Then <laughs> honestly, that's really enjoyable. There's something really nice with that. There is. Yeah. Then the other way of doing it is the kind of more Tarantino style of doing things and looking number eleven way yeah. and things like the Usual Suspects, which is you get all these big actors, and it means that nobody. Is the scene stealer? Nobody is the protagonist. You, there's like yeah. a mystery to it. You can I think, bounce around. I, I think there's there's less of that in Tarantino, but it does fall into as you were saying the uh, looking number seven and um, shit was your original usual suspects. Yeah, usual suspects where it's like you present them with a mystery at the very start, yeah. and then the rest of it is like how did this break down? And that's where you can br- you can bring in these characters that you're like uh, automatically you want to know more about them because you're like yeah. how do they tie into this? How, what's going on here? And but I, I, while the usual suspects one is explained through like the, the, the I'm telling through flashbacks Yeah. I just like the way that they just do one flashback at the very start of looking number 11 where he explains the, the Kansas I'm here because of a Kansas City shuffle and he explains the yeah. thing that happened mm. with the, the horse and all the rest and you're like it's a really good way of setting it up because you just, like straight away like, here's a character here's another character here's another character group of characters there's a family and they were going to kill everyone and now you need to find out why Mm. and it's straight away you're like okay this is a really kind of you know we're, we're we, that could have been a film in and of itself but we're going to like nah the, this is the, this gets two minutes at the start and then we're going to do something else with it like mm. very well done unlike Casting White worst ensemble cast movie of all time <laughs> are you the volleyball and Winston and him <laughs> no chemistry no no nah. <laughs> 
Oh, right, well, you could say as well, uh, what's that other movie with Tom Hardy where he's just driving to Wales? That was it's actually an amazing film. Yeah, I just said I can't remember. What's the name of it? It's brilliant. I can't know it, but I know. But that's Tom Hardy. Own in the car. What did that count? But that's the thing. It's like like the Tom Hardy in that kind of it's it's not just called Drive or Driver or something, is it? Drive, Driver. And drive is the. Is it, no, but is it Ryan Driver? Yeah, but there's like three films called yeah. Crash. Yeah. Is it Driver? I can wind all the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> the but yeah, like that film where it's just him. Like if you get the right actor. It's one thing that, like, why I'll always credit Ryan Reynolds as being a really good actor is if you see Buried, where mm. it's him in a coffin on his own for most of the film. You're like, it's brilliant. He holds your attention. Mm. It's a really good film. Mm. And it just kind of shows that it's like, yes, he can act. And, and Adrian Brody when he was trapped upside down in his car. That movie. It's also well, Village. Um, the <laughs> no, the piano. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and what's the Anyway, we're well? doing the opposite of the podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, but, uh, what's the name of it as well? Um, in 128 hours uh Franco yes James Franco yeah. yeah so again it's that whole one person and a camera and if their actor is good enough they can they will yeah. keep your attention <gasps> Robert Redford in the boat yeah maybe <laughs> I, I love the, the the rising star of um Colin Farrell when he was in phone booth and everyone was like oh look at this kid he can act and then like afterwards did SWAT or something everyone was like oh wow pushed <laughs> myself pushed my wagon to the wrong yeah actually, actually I think there's a good ensemble one that he was in was um well two of them uh, in Bruges mm, in Bruges is great it has some seven psychopaths oh, as well I wasn't even thinking seven psychopaths That's seven psychopaths is bigger great bigger ensemble I was guys. actually I was actually gonna say uh the, the lobster. Yeah, has, yeah. Is that would that be considered? It's like John C. Riley's in that. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's actually quite yeah. a few actors that you'd know yeah. in it, and it, it now very offbeat, very odd film. But, yeah. And I just I thought it was fantastic. Mm. Like, um. So yeah, I don't know. I think he, I think by now he's redeemed himself for SWAT. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We we can let him away with it. Everyone had their problems. It's like Ben Affleck. Yeah, sure. You you did giggly, but then you went and directed Gone Baby Gone and stuff yeah. in the town. We'll let you away with it. Like. Yeah. wasn't bad in the sex tape but oh no this is great yeah. <laughs> breakfast lunch and dinner no no <laughs> don't oh, yuck, he was being interviewed I don't know if you said he was being interviewed at one point and um, oh. I'm, I'm, what's her name was there uh, Sharon Osborne. it was like some panel show and she's like he did someone mentions the sex tape he's like yeah yeah and, and she's like I love that it was I I very much appreciate that sex tape and, and he's like right and then somebody mentioned something else about him like something embarrassing about him he's like can we start talking about the sex tape again? This is much worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, at least he's got a sense of humor. It was bullseye, obviously, was it? Yeah, <laughs> <that> was probably. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Oh, okay, um, so. It's games. We've done films. That's everyone's film. Yep. Games. Um, what was your game? What kind of cast are... There's no real kind of ensemble actors, yeah, but like is, there a good, is there a game that where you're like, you, you, there's no real defined good guy? No, I just could just pick a character that I liked. Because I got that wrong. Because I forgot about games and think the first character that was like sort of a supporting character that I went oh my god there's a character with a genuine Irish accent and it's amazing it was Jaunty from Shadow Man you remember the snake with the top hat no but that sounds amazing the, explain like, explain right it's like it's a kind of crappier version of Reaper or not Reaper uh, Legacy of Cain yes Soul Reaper so you're playing Shadow Man and it's based on a comic that I never read so this snake turns up in a top hat and goes alright Michael how's that going I was like this I'm clearly fucked this yeah. is not happening I'm having a stroke <laughs> uh, so it's 
so I'll just maybe go on and stop doing this. So that 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 had a few characters in it, so it was already ensemble. But um, yeah, the first character ever with a, a, an Irish accent in it that I was happy about. It was sporting cast, I suppose. He was like, sporting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got that one wrong. Because that's the thing, no, no, that's, no, that's right. no, 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 to be I, fair, that, that's why I kind of, I listed that as ensemble or supporting cast, because it, yeah, it is okay. kind of, it's it, it's not, that's why we... Uh, I, know, I, got, I got the rest of it right, I just didn't know we were doing games, like, we name a game with two people in it. But that's yeah. the thing, like, a, lot of, a lot of, that's why... Passed away the game. <laughs> Wilson had far better lines in the game. Yeah, yeah um, but what we have is, is his background story when he was with the South Korean volleyball team is incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But that's that's kind of why we like we, uh, the thing with the podcast. That's why we look at the different thing, uh, different genres, because not everything translates yeah. properly, yeah. or there's weird attempts to translate. Didn't one of the Call of Duties have a load of actors in it, like last with Jeff Goldblum and stuff like that? The well, no, the they, they have three to four in each, yeah, and, and then there's like four for the zombies. Mm. Like the last, uh, the current one. It was all uh, Kevin Spacey and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the Spacey Advanced Warfare is, is the one with the Spacey. In it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm playing that on a, on a like on a fifteen TV high def, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I'm just after watching like a season of, of House of Cards, and I'm like, I can't tell what's reality again. I'm, <laughs> I'm just seeing Kevin Spacey in high def everywhere yeah. I go now. Kevin Spacey, pixely facey. Um, press X to pay respects. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, the like the college games do but they don't really call out the actors they very much just kind of get them in do something yeah. and mm. it's only really in the zombies mode but in the, in the main game they actually have like established actors but it's more kind of in the zombies mode where they'll focus on this is blatantly such and yeah. such yeah. like one of them I think it was the advanced warfare had John Malkovich and John Berenthal mm. who were both on the like two of the four zombies characters like. mm. and then the new one has uh, David Tennant in the one that's coming mm. out um, I suppose GTA had three great leads is that a sample cast? Yeah. GTA is uh, actually a really good example because yeah. you, you, you play yeah. through, you're not, there's not one character. You switch between them, yeah. yeah. And did the you, dog. Did you ever play Commandos? Oh yeah, with uh, Jack the Butcher. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And it was it was a very Blues Brother kind of feeling of you going oh, yeah. through and putting the band back together so you had to go and rescue your various Oh, that was commanders. great. And then you would have him for the next yeah. Week, yeah, and then the Irish accent that I was like, "Come on over." Yeah, and it was the most grating thing. You're sitting there going, "Yeah, it was like I'm being racist against me." Yeah, yeah, I, that's not cool. I haven't had that since far away with. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. far away was a was a bad example. Yeah, he punched a horse in the face. You weren't even filming. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looked at me funny. Not even the worst thing you did. It doesn't doesn't like people being taller enough. Uh, on screen it has to be the same height as the horse that's not how this works same height as the horse okay then bring in one of those malnutrition baby horses what would your your games be Uh, I can see one of them there on the couch beside you yeah I I want to find any excuse to talk about this game so I'm going to use ensemble cast as an excuse to talk about it the game I have chosen is Clive Barker's Jericho Excellent. Which was a shooter from a time. <laughs> Certainly <Yeah>. something. <laughs> and I've got it here on the couch next to me. And uh, I remember playing through it. And when I was in college, um, a really good lecturer who would talk about stories. And like we were, I was in college learning, um, making video games. And he would take us on the kind of narrative way of making video games. Pull someone through a story. And then the ludology way of just play. Like there yeah. doesn't have to be a story. Um, you know what do western games do what do japanese games do what do different games do um and he used to always really make a big deal about the narrative uh, and some of the terms he one of the terms he uses double mumbo jumbo but you don't want to do that um if you've got aliens in your game and aliens come down every piece of tech 
that is in that game then should have be either from the aliens or made to counter the aliens and because you've already got your thing mm. your mumbo jumbo this is what you're going to be um, this is the kind of the bullshit you're using to explain away everything he goes don't suddenly bring in ghosts and say well we're going to use the ghosts to fight the aliens because now you're trying to explain well ghosts also exist as well as aliens and it's don't worry about it but that's a big thing right. uh, in this game you play uh, an elite special forces group who fight paranormal aberrations through time and you're a ghost commander the first thing that happens is your character there's six of six characters the first thing that happens is your character gets killed like your yeah. your commando character gets killed and you become a ghost and you can jump between the different members of the team and the team are a pyromancer a reality hacker that's somebody who pulls out a laptop and starts typing and reality changes of course there's a blood mage who like the pyromancer is basically guns he's human guns everything about him is guns he's got a gatling gun for an arm he just shoots bullets everywhere you got your blood mage who's like the dark goth girl and she cuts herself and from the blood that lands on the ground briars spring up and all this kind of bullshit uh, there's a telekinetic who is just like a voodoo motherfucker and so how is that different from a reality hacker Yes, I, I'm invested. Yeah. That you have to explain this to me. Like. And then the last was just an exorcist. Like they, they just. But every single one of them looks like they knew they were going to a matrix party, so they all knew they had to wear black leather. But they all got something slightly wrong. So it's it is like one of the cast from Hackers, one of the like kid like girl from The Crow, somebody is this, from something. Is, is this like the bit from from uh, Super Troopers where they show up at the restaurant and she's all in leathers and he's wearing spandex? He's like. Bikers, bikers, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. It is, it is a hundred percent that, and it's just every bit of the story. It just felt like Clive Barker was getting so fucking excited. He's, can I have this and this? And you're like, sure, Clive, whatever you want to. And then, what, what if his, his arm is a gun? He's like, that's absolutely fine. But forget about him. Let's do the exorcist guy now. <laughs> and he's, he fires ghosts at people. Aren't, sure. you, aren't you a ghost? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I went to a live talk with Clive Barker. He did mm. one in, in the IFI here and he showed his original things. This, I've also mentioned how I saw, I've seen his erect penis. Yes. So it was at this. Uh, <laughs> it was on the screen though. It wasn't like he just, ah. someone asked him a question he stood and went, well, I'm hard and pulled his trousers <laughs> down. Um, but he was showing his, like uh, he was talking about how he first got into filmmaking in his original films and, and like how he writes and stuff like that. And No, it's it, it, it strikes me as like he thought long and hard about how those characters should be. Yeah. And in his head it worked. And then he gave the idea to someone <laughs> and they, I've, I have a feeling they dropped all the pages and then picked them back yeah. up in the wrong order. And it's just <laughs> they, kind of a mishmash. Hang on, who had the, the arm? That guy. Are you sure? It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Yeah. The, the terms that they use in the, the game are so all over the place. So like, there's a Sumerian demon. They're like, okay, so we're, I, guess, I guess it's Judeo-Christian, you know, bullshit because there's ghosts and demons and stuff. But then they realize that the bad guy is creating atrocities to make a karma bomb which is a so much bad karma in one location that it dooms the world forevermore. <laughs> oh, and my favorite bit in the game is that you eventually get a hookshot type, type thing that if there's a character, you can either grab them and pull them towards you yeah. or you can jump to where they are. Right. And it's really useful and you, it does damage. But you can send your, your tank somewhere and then jump to him by grappling him. And going to him. Okay. Uh, was was the arm his wife's ashes? <laughs> yeah. Because that's how you end that story. Exactly. Clive <laughs> uh, Barker's gonna hear this and be kicking himself. <laughs> God, we had a commando oh. reboot cut there way before. Right, way after. My favorite bit is during there's a scene where you're like surrounded by Roman legionaries and you're like in Golgotha, and there's people crucified on a hill, 
and there's a, it's not Jesus, but there's just crucifixions everywhere. Mm. And then there's this weird moment where I realize I've got something that allows me to jump to people. And I've realized that the crucified people are jump point. Like I can hook shot to them. But every time I do, like I hear them go, <laughs> you're basically using them to climb through the level by just hook shotting through all these moves. And it's the weirdest game. Yeah, no, you should, you should stick to writing Hellraiser. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I always think when people like that get a game, they go to the, the stuff that didn't make it to the bin. Oh, but didn't absolutely. Make it to go, oh, I remember I had that idea. Uh, She's a reality yeah, like, yeah. He gets the he gets the phone call and suddenly his desk is wobbly because he's pulled the fucking stack of ideas yeah, yeah. from under the, the, the short leg. Yeah. Oh fuck it. I'll it's buy kind, it's with kind the of like how Apex when did remixes. Did you ever hear like how he does remixes? Yeah. It's like just, it's all stuff he's already has written, hmm. and he'll maybe take like a, a slice of something and put it into his already made, ready to go track that he go oh, God, and just like give it back to him. And go yeah, like it's ten grand. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's mine. It was the quadruple mumbo jumbo of just every character. Did you say you had the character names? The character right names. Ah, oh, they're all. I'm. I'm literally going to have to look through the um the booklet that comes <laughs> with the, the, um the game. So you're Captain Devin Ross. There's Sergeant Frank Delgado. That sounds like it's already. A, that sounds really familiar. Frank like, Delgado. Yeah. There's Simone Cole. Xavier. Why does he need a the the DJ in Deftones? His second name is Delgado. I know that one. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But there's uh, Xavier Jones and Simone Cole. Everything. Abigail Black. Everything's black. Cole Black. Um, Wilhelmina Church. Uh, is that but, the Exorcist? No, that's that's yes, the Blood Frank, Mage. Frank Delgado is in the Deftones. But Frank Delgado is Deftones. 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 So maybe he did the music for it. Uh, maybe. Um, but uh, no, the thing that the name that got to me was the Reality Hacker. I was going to make up stupid names from like the C- Ghost Commando. But as I was reading through it, I was like, Reality Hacker is a far stupider name than I could think of. Yes, yes it is. Um, for my own games, my cheating one is Arkham Knight. Just right. Because it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the one Batman game where they have everyone in it. The rogues gallery kind of. Yes, yeah. they do the full thing. But it's actually down to, like, if you actually look at the voice actors involved in that. So um, you've, you've Mark Hamill's Joker, you've Kevin Conroy doing his Batman. So it's yeah. a classic Batman and, and Joker that we've seen through the animated series and the games and it's kind of always held up as like these are the best versions of both of these mm. but John Noble steals it as mm. a scarecrow right, right. he is incredible as a scarecrow because he's the main bad guy and he, he keeps on coming on these screens around Gotham and he's like a voiceover and it's just that because he's that deep sonorous voice that he has and mm. it's basically channeling the, the evil parts of Denethor from Lord of the Rings yeah, and, yeah. And, but he's the real kind of sinister and like even the design on the character is really well done because at this point in the the series his mask has been the bottom half of his mask is torn away and you can see his mouth mm. but he has the two kind of rebreather parts of the gas mask bolted onto the jawbone he's stripped the flesh off his own jaw right right like he's proper gone to town on himself with a scalpel and everything mm. and it's properly fucked up um but even all the other characters they touch on so many of the characters from this uh, from the series and nearly all of them are well done like um, the Harley Quinn comes in every so often and, and when she comes in it's like it's not re- like slapstick it's the proper badass version of her mm. where she's like no she can stand up yeah. you know on her own like she is good enough to be her own super villain if she wanted to mm. um, uh, the mm. the use of Robin and Nightwing in it is very well done Alfred is just very well voiced Um, cannot remember the name of the guy the voice who voices 
Commissioner Gordon, but he's in tons of stuff. He was in uh, Breaking Bad, and he's in like he's an actual mm. like he's a proper like film actor, film and TV. And he but he was just like, oh, yeah, I'll be in this, and I just thought like the it was kind of the best one of the best all round portrayals of most of the rogues gallery. Like you don't really see Killer Croc, and you don't see, um, Mister Freeze or one or two of the other ones Bane and stuff like that but they have so many of them in there mm. and they're all done to such a high standard that you're like yeah this is great this is really mm. well done but the actual one for like my favourite cast and uh, ensemble cast type thing in a game is Broforce <laughs> from it works really well yes the fact very, that very you, could, you can apply Bro to so many of the characters and I have just some of my favourites here Rambro yeah <laughs> Bro Mando B.A. Bro Rackus. Brohard, Braid, Bro De- uh, Bro Dread, Brobocop, Indiana Brones, the Boondock Bros, Brochetti, Bronin the Brobarian, <laughs> Ellen Ripbro, Broniversal Soldier, Bro Max, Double Bro Seven, which is probably the best of a lot of them, Brohart, the Brolander, and Broly. And if you've never played it, it's a side scrolling game of chaos. Yes. It's the only real way you can explain it. It's just absolute chaos and anarchy and so enjoyable to play and so many nods to so many films like I, I listed off what like 10 or 15 there there's like 30 or 40 characters in it there's the bro spread uh, the bro spendables are in it and all the members of the expendables are there Brilliant. in some form yeah. and it's what just the men in black like the, it's bro and black yeah bro and black, bro yeah. And black. it's uh, and he has the noisy cricket from Brilliant. the first men in black film and it's just such a well done thing it's, a, it's actually a really good game it's hard can't it be. is. It's difficult, and it's it's fun. And it's one of those games that's just such a simple idea, and you're like, this could be either really stupid or really well done. Yeah. And it was just really well done. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So definitely stand up for that. Um. And what have we left? TV. TV. Yeah. TV is probably where the ensemble cast comes from. Yeah. It's more than more than film because I think the film's only a recent thing where you've got mm, like oh yeah we're gonna get like loads of different actors. It used to be very much if you think about it, the, the classic kind of film poster there will be one or two names. Mm on the top of the poster mm. and then the name of the film and that was it so you only really have one or two big stars occasionally a third one mentioned yeah I think it, back in the day it was maybe Rat Pack and yeah. like musicians and stuff would do their kind of road movie and that was it, that, it yeah it but then it kind of died off for a while yeah. there was a good period of time like, I don't really remember that many from the likes of the 70s or the 80s mm. where there was like big it was kind of all runs and things like that yeah but again, like uh, th- there's some of those where you'd recognize actors in them, and you'd recognize a lot of actors, but like uh, they might not necessarily be famous when they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were so a lot of it is kind of yeah. Those that that was one of their early films that just happened to propel them forward. Mm. So I don't know if it really counts as an ensemble thing. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, random jobber number seven from like Terminator Genesis could actually be a huge star in the future, but that doesn't mean that Terminator Genesis was yeah, the ensemble because yeah. he was there. Like, mm. um. But yeah, no, for TV, I just I'll go first. I suppose the the two that I have are one is Grimm. Yes. So it's like a horror type show. No horror comedy. Kind of fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. The the basic premise is there's a guy who finds out he's from the line of the Grimm family, as in Brothers Grimm. Yes. And all the various um fairy tales in the world and and monsters and all the rest exist, but they can all pass for human. Mm. But it's only if you're a Grimm you can see them unless they want to be seen hmm. so and the Grimm's are like a family that go around hunting them and killing right. them um, but he find, but it's it does take a lot of nods to Buffy um, where 
he finds out he's he's about to get his powers when his aunt is dying at the start of the series. There's only mm. a certain number of us in the family can have it at any one time. And mm. um, when she passes away, he basically becomes active, in, but he's already a detective in the Baltimore City Police Department. Yeah, yeah. And which I think was a, a or Baltimore and Portland could be Portland. I think I know yeah, it's Portland because it's the whole thing of Port one of Portland's uh, city slogans is keep Portland weird. Right, yeah. and it kind of suits the show, like because yeah, they yeah. they use it a few times in it, but the thing is that he gets kind of thrust into this world, and because his aunt passed away before she should explain everything to him, she leaves him like this trailer with a lot of books, and then he starts encountering people from this world, and they're all terrified of him because they think he's gonna kill us. Yeah, and um, because that's what his what like like a grim is like the boogeyman for the werewolves and vampires and yeah, everything yeah. else. So they're like, oh geez, if a grim comes along. You know, don't yeah. don't uh don't freak out like yeah um but the this group then like they they start to teach him about the world so unlike the Buffy the Vampire Star thing where it was himself uh, it was herself and then like she's like she knows about it because she's being taught about it yeah, yeah and then you have Giles as the Watcher kind of helping her and then they teach all her friends it's her friend uh, like in this um Nick the main character it's his family are or his friends are all. The myth, the, they're involved already yeah. and they're teaching it to him so and there's the odd other character that comes in alongside him as the show progresses where he's like you know the, uh, this person finds out through yeah, stumbling yeah. across something I, I never stuck with Grimm but I did like in, in Buffy she picks up a you know a vampire now Spike has joined them she picks up a demon now Anya has joined yeah. them same with Supernatural they pick up their angel yes. and now he's joined them and, and then means, they're kind of a demon with Crowley yeah of. and they kind of get their we will teach you the ways of earth and you will teach us the ways of the celestial beings yeah i assume that that's that kind of it kind of but it's it's more a case of like a lot of the characters like how do you not notice yeah and they're all like like all the the vessen as they're called mm. um it's one that one feature of the show i think is really good is that they use all the old german terms for stuff oh right nice. because it's the, that's where they were originally yeah sprang from so it's like they're not creatures they're vessen right, and right. when they when they let themselves become visible to humans. It's called volging, and right. it's like oh, evolved and people yeah. sound. So they use the old terms and stuff, but they're able to. They're all fully integrated into human society. They're mm. all able to blend in. They're able to get by, and nobody notices what they are unless they're yeah. a grim. So it's a, it's a real kind of um, it's the fish out of water thing, but it also it's the conflicting roles uh, trope that he's a cop, so he'll investigate a crime, but then he finds out some of them are involving. Besson and as a Grimm, mm. he by right should kill these things because they're like they're not human and they're trying yeah, to yeah. fuck with things. But as a cop, he has to try and like balance that. So I thought like it was just a, it was an interesting setup because it's kind of like the reverse Scooby Gang. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. he's the guy who's unfamiliar with everything and he's mm. dumped in it, and everyone around him is like, "By the way, this is what's happening to you." But my actual main just before you move yeah, on with that, sure. there's um I wonder what the crossover there was with the Wolf Among Us because I. I, I'm sure they both come from the Fables comic book series and Wolf Among Us literally comes from that um, it is set in that universe um, it does sound a lot like that thing where in that you are the big bad wolf but you are a private investigator and you have human form and you are doing all these jobs for the kind different of, Fable characters yeah I think it's uh, I think it's influenced it seems to be influenced from like the uh, from Fables from Buffy and from the likes of the World of Darkness game series mm. and stuff like that but it's just it's very well put together and it's paced very well. So like the first season is a very kind of procedural um monster of the week type thing. 
but in each episode there'll be like five or ten minutes where it's introducing him to more of the universe yeah, because yeah. he encounters something weird and he's like oh I gotta go figure out what this is so he goes back to one of his mates who's, who, who's a, a werewolf essentially a blue button but mm. he's like oh, I'm a vegetarian I don't hunt people anymore I, I don't do that shit and he's like mm. alright well can you help me then because I have no idea what I'm doing yeah. so he goes back to him and he's like oh you're running to that oh Jesus don't mess with those or, or like yeah. he gives him help but so there's they kind of built from that and then from the second season onwards it's pretty much a massive overarching story right right and then, so the first one's literally just let's see if we get approved for further like let's see if it's a viable show yeah and it did well enough but they only ever aimed to have five seasons of a main story mm. so they did six seasons so they did the kind of intro season then the five seasons of the story and then they finished they, mm. they were like no we're done now yeah. we're not going to try and drag it out we're not going to try and stay beyond our welcome like it's yeah, yeah. you know there's no point trying to milk extra seasons out of it just tell your story move on yeah, that's nice. so but no, my actual, the big one that I'd point to would be West Wing, mm. um, the Aaron Sorkin show, um, which was not originally meant to be about a collective group because it is very much Bill that like shown as this is about the whole team, the, yeah. the senior staff of, of the White House. Initially, Martin uh, Sheen was only meant to be in a few episodes. I think he was contracted for 13 episodes in the first season. And he was only meant to be in it about four or five minutes per episode. Right. The whole idea was it was about the, the network that runs mm. around the, the Oval Office, not actually what goes on in the Oval Office. But he was too well received and just too good that they were like, let's just keep using him. Mm-hmm. It was actually meant to be around Rob Lowe's character in it, who's like the deputy uh, communications director. Mm. It was meant to focus on him. But the guy who plays the deputy chief of staff, um, Bradley Whitford, who's also, he's one of the two control guys in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. He's the younger of the two, and he's in a few other things. It was meant to be, uh, like he was meant to be a supporting role in it, but that character was originally written for him because he's one of Aaron Sorkin's best mates. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're focusing on the star, but also now this star wants to be in it more. And this is other characters played by one of my best mates. And these other two characters are really good actors who yeah, are really yeah. good on screen. So let's kind of start using that. So it became this whole thing where it wasn't focused on Rob Lowe as much, which is why he left after three mm. seasons. Because he was like, this is meant to be a, a, like a show for, for me. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just kind of one of the, car- one of yeah, the guys. Yeah. And they were like, but it works better. There's this, where you get to see all the, how each of the different departments handles something major happening in the news or yeah, something, yeah. you know. And I, I, I pioneered a lot of stuff, the walk and talk. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and there's just... Putting your jacket on in a ridiculously drawn out way. You know what he does that? <laughs> Go on. One of his arms is shorter than the other. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a birth defect. That's actually, he, ha- he can't put a jacket on normally. I've met the man. Bad, yeah. I've met the man, and he can't put a jacket on normally. This birthday is to put a jacket on a cool way. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I love, you should see him do it with a fucking anorak. I, I have. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's just, it's it's a, like he was only meant to be in it briefly, and then they were meant to fade him out as the right, thing right. went on. Mm. But he was so good, and he was so well received, that they were like, okay, let's, let's use him more. I love when he can tell that that's happening in the show. Yeah. I love when he can tell that this character is just, Blown show up. It doesn't yeah. really happen though, in it. like it's not that it's uh, it doesn't seem that obvious in West Wing. Yeah, because I think they realize. No, it very would quickly, never have known that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I think they realize very quickly how good he was. But it's like if you look at the pilot, he doesn't show up till the last five minutes of the pilot, and when he does, he walks into a room and he's like his first line is, "I am the Lord thy God; you shall have no god before me." Because somebody's misquoting the Ten Commandments. But the fact that it's Martin Sheen walking in saying that as the president, yeah. you're like. This is actually a pretty good intro for the character. And he just, he delivers like a two minute speech and then he puts the slap down on someone and then he walks off. And you're just like, can we have more of this, please? Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. There's also a character in the first one played by uh, Moira Kelly. And it's, it's because it was the tail end of the 90s. I think they start, the first season was 99 it was released. So they start filming mm. late 98. 
and whenever she shows up there's like the upbeat rock music nah, 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 nah. and it's yeah. like oh god will you fuck off and stop trying to make this character the cool character and she's gone after the last episode of season one you do not see her <laughs> even though that, that episode finishes on a cliffhanger and the first episode of season two takes place directly afterwards that character is never mentioned again <laughs> they're like kill her get rid of her get her the fuck out of there and they even had the opportunity to kill her if they wanted because the end of the season one finishes with a shootout where an assassination attempt is made nope just drop her. Get yeah. rid of her. Don't, don't even give her the screen time. Don't, not even, no, you don't even her get... recognised as dead. You don't even get a fucking... Uh, a bullet. Uh, you a don't, fake you don't, bullet. You don't get a fake bullet and a, and a mention of a film. Yes. You're just You'll gone. be worse than dead. You'll have never been. Yes. And it's like... It, it, it's it, it's very kind of... Oh, okay. Um, but it was it was quite good. And I, I, it was kind of weird that it ran parallel to the bush. Yeah. Uh, I think. Because it was kind of considered... The, like At one point it was called the left wing. Used to be referred to as the left oh, wing, because right. when Aaron Sorkin was writing it, he's a he's a, a, a he's considered left like, and he was yeah. a, um, he wrote every episode of the first four or five seasons because of cocaine, because of cocaine, and then he <laughs> kind of burned out and went off. Um, yeah. but he was uh, he was very kind of optimistic. While it was considered, I think it was a Martin Sheen had a better approval rating than actual George Bush at one point because they were like. Let's just see. It was about a year after 9 11. They were like, well, what about him? And they were like, everyone loved him because he was a guy who was trying to do left, he was a Democrat and they were trying to do left, um, leftist yeah. ideas, but he was a very conservative character. So mm. it was, a, and they found a really good balance with it. So people were like, he's much more like, can, can he be president? He's not really president. Doesn't matter, can he be yeah. president? <laughs> and it's like, as if they were put someone from TV as a president, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make that joke now, but what's his name? Was a, Reagan was an actor. That's yeah. True. So like he was doing like black and white cowboy films and everything yeah. like decades before he was <laughs> thing. Like people always forget that you made an actor the president and look what happens. Like yeah, they did it before. So like it's not the first time. Nothing bad's, bad's ever come out of the Reagan era. No, no, nothing <laughs> ever. But I, no, that that'd be my own is the West Wing. I really like the show Veep, and I really like the fact that they never show the president. Like for, yeah, for the. Uh, you, I wonder if somebody actually read the synopsis and how it was meant to be that they never show the president in the West Wing. They're like, we can have a go at that, right? Yeah. Could we don't actually hire a president? Let's just not cast it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's a confession. I had never heard the term POTUS before. I right. didn't click. So I just presumed it was President POTUS. His name was President POTUS. <laughs> for President of the United States. The POTUS is coming. The POTUS is coming. Then, then it's like, hang on a minute. They've already... They're like, someone else... Oh, it's President of the United... Oh, God. They, they even <laughs> make that joke in the first episode of The West Wing. There's a point where um, <laughs> Rob Lowe's character sleeps with a hooker accidentally. Who's actually Lisa sure. Edelstein, who's sure. uh, Dr. <laughs> Cuddy from House. Well, I've been there. No, but she's, she's Dr. Cuddy from House. <laughs> and the same uh, actress. like, And um, he's like, and he goes, oh, his pager goes off. And then she's like, oh, you're you in a shower. The pager went off. There's a message. POTUS in a bike accident. He's like, I got to go. And she's like, it's Saturday and it's 6.30. He goes, yeah, I got to go. And she's like, tell your friend POTUS he's got a weird name. And he's like, it's not my friend, he's my boss. And it's not his name, it's his title. It's President of the United States. I'll see you later. Oh, yeah, and he yeah. just walks out. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like that because they've, they've framed it. Because I reckon a lot of people wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah, use the term. So they, they yeah. use it in such a way of like... Like I was at the end line. of Beat before I copped it. Yeah. <laughs> well, season one, end of season one. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's fine. I, I love that show. It's because, brilliant. Because, they, because everything is reacting to something unseen, mm. which is presumably what politics is actually like. Like you don't cause stuff, you react. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a very negative view of it, but it is my view of it. But um, the idea is that like they're trying to do something, they put something out in the world, and then like 
So a negative news story starts, and they're always reacting. They're always on the back end, yeah. and the comedy from that is brilliant. Well, I think shows like that, like they serve a kind of an a group cast very well because mm. I don't think you can have just the one lead character. I don't think it works quite well. Mm. You even see it in in likes of the West Wing, particularly towards like fifth season five onwards. Um, they actually start cutting out Martin Sheen more, mm. and the entire sixth and a good chunk of the seventh season is focused on the election process. So it's all focused on the next two candidates, which are around Jimmy Smiths, who's been in, I don't know how many things, and yeah. good actor and Alan Alda, they're the Republican, yeah, they're the Republican, the Democratic hmm. uh, people running. I didn't make it so. up that far enough. I watched it two seasons, I think. Mm. It's one of those ones. that's like I, f- I first started watching it on TV. I was like, yeah, it's all right, and then I forgot about it, and then mm. I was no word of a lie. I was well, uh, I think it was just when season three was coming out, and they had the season one and two VHS box set in my local video store and it was on sale so I picked up the entirety of season 1 and season 2 for 13 euro which is a shelf worth now in, D- in VHS oh, like, but like yeah it was, it was like it was a sizable box set and yeah. I was like why is it 13 euro and it was because the two of the tapes were numbered incorrectly so when I put them yeah. I was like why is this happening <laughs> and I was actually looking it up and I'm like no the tape like I think it was like it was season 1 about seasons had 6 uh, six tapes and the, the, the season one and season two ones were swapped. Someone brought it back going, this is wrong. And then they're like, hey, kill, 12 quid, get rid of it. And I got it. And the guy in the shop was like, yeah, just swap the last two. I was like, all right, kill. And I watched the whole thing because I, I think it was like, uh, I was off on like midterm or I was sick or something. Mm. And I just watched the whole thing. And like, My mum does that all the time. If you open a DVD box set and there's six discs, she'll just pick any one of them and stick it on. And she's like, doesn't matter. I was like, it does matter. You're watching Bones. There's a serial killer on the loose. You don't need to know who he is yet. It's like, one of these will show me. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would infuriate me. Yeah. I, I, oh I, my god. I do that. She, I'll be, she'll be watching like Big Bang Theory and like the character's haircuts will change and stuff like that. And she's like, why is she doing that? I was like, because you're not watching them in any sort of order. You're yeah, just, not Big yeah. Bang Theory. It's yeah. not like there's a story or content in them. I'm pretty sure she watches that because she thinks that's what I do. She's like, you do nerd things. I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. It's useful. <laughs> um, I'm going to change my film. Uh, after you mentioned Eddie Murphy I'm going to change mine to The Nutty Professor and the ensemble cast it's all the Eddie, Eddie Murphys. Murphys all the Eddie Murphys in The it's Nutty like Professor it's like the Jesus is the castaway actually <laughs> I'll only act opposite me that's because no one else so. wanted to be and what would be your TV series Tom? Um, I'm or really, Johnny's going well, yeah, I don't mind no, no, no. You can, I'll, I'll, I, I was just going to say really enjoying Preacher at the moment it's right. a it's a Good one, but I don't think it's far enough along for me to, um, to pick it. But uh, it is it is quite a fun cast, and there's bits in it where I really think because uh, Cassidy the vampire is the Irish lad. I really think they're telling him to do an Irish accent, and then there's times where, like no, we need to hear what you're saying because he yeah. kind of goes between the two. It sounds he says he's from Wexford. Yeah, he's a full on Wexford accent. That's pretty horrific. But it's just I don't know how, how he got it. He's presumably Cassidy's from Dublin. No, yeah. not, was he not? No, not no, he fell no, He fought no, in the 1960 no, no. rising. Yeah, right. Either way, he's not from Wexford. Somehow, Joe Gilgun has got a Wexford accent, and I love it. Yeah, but there's bits where he goes, "What's the matter with you? Someone hit you with a dark and handsome stick." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "That's a, there's a joke in there." But there's a bit where he goes, "Better than these. Uh, hope you're not none of these Catholic priests that I know. Be wearing little Alger boys' arsehole around his finger like a, a, yeah. like a ring." <laughs> and he just says something with a really weird accent, like. I guarantee nobody caught what he said there because he yeah. said something weird as fuck. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, like if, if if he's conscious of when he's turning it off and on, that's yeah. not too bad. It always kind of annoyed me. Um, we were talking about this in work the other day about in uh, X Men First Class when yeah. when 
uh, Michael Fassbender puts on the helmet as Magneto for the first time and straight away he has an Irish accent because he can't hear himself oh, he's wearing the helmet he goes like you know he's, he's got the Eric Lynch now yeah so he's like now here you Xavier get the fuck out of it now it's like it's almost that bad it just ah. the North Tip accent comes back in yeah. force like as soon as he can't hear himself properly mm. but uh, that's just I never thought about that would you do yeah. that next if you can't hear of course you would sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah but it's got it's got an Irish girl playing an American girl an English lad playing an American preacher and an Irish fellow playing himself and an Irish version of himself if that makes sense <laughs> every so often they go Irish it up a bit and he goes ah it's that's that <laughs> no he's a he's from Stoke is he? Yeah. yeah. He's he's uh, no sorry he's from Yorkshire. He's he's Woody from uh, this is England. Oh, is that right? He's the strongest oh, man. Northern accent. That's not yeah. that's not it. But yeah, but so that's why I'm surprised he's a Wexford one because. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. You think probably like when he got the he's, job, he probably he, like went and fucking stayed a, a month or whatever. And I was absolutely delighted when he got up. Before preacher, he was one of my favorite actors. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Mm. In this is England, he just carries. Well, he can carry the whole show. That's not. That's not. That's all that. There's people. There's people who just do that. They're like when they when they find out they're getting a role and it's an accent they don't know, they'll just go like, "Cool, I'm gonna go live there for a while." Mm. Yeah. And they just like immerse themselves in it, and they'll eventually they'll pick it up. Like. Mm. Um, for the ensemble casting, I was thinking that I should do uh, a sitcom just because that's the kind of classic TV it is, yeah. uh, style of it. Mm. Never really watched Seinfeld, and I didn't want to pick Friends, and I never watched How I Met Your Mother, so I picked Coupling. The British oh, yeah. sitcom, um, with uh, yeah, I just I found it a really, I think it's the 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 thing that they used as an example when they made How I Met Your Mother, that it is just the six friends sitting around doing stuff. Was but, that a, was there an American remake of that? Yes, there was an American. Remake. Is that that's the one with Patrick Warburton in it? Yes, very possibly actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was a, it was just a nice little British show, and it was a, a little bit dirtier than Friends. Like they could get away with talking about wanking and all that. Kind of <laughs> you, stuff. Can, you can do that on English TV where you yeah. can't in America or someone shits themselves. Yeah. Mm. But uh, no, it was genuinely funny, and it was um, they they would do things like have the three lads sit in the pub and have the three girls sit in a nail salon, and do the Sex in the City and the Friends thing and like everything. But it was a little bit tongue in cheek, and they were taking the piss a little bit with it, and. Each of the characters had a relationship that worked really well, and there was the girl who was, you know, there was the couple who were going out, there was a girl who was in love with one of the guys, there was the really filthy guy who was trying to see all the girls naked, there was the gobshite who, hmm. uh, what do you call you, oh, Patrick was his name, and he just, the, the, jo- the running joke was an idiot, but he had a really big dick. Okay. Um, and oh my fa- like the lads sitting chatting are having the most stupid conversations, but they kind of realise it. Uh, and it was just just reveling in the stupidest shit. I think one of my favourite ones was like, I'm writing a sci-fi movie, and it's about a woman who's got a brain in each breast, and it's called <laughs> The Woman with Two Brains. It'd be three brains, Patrick. What? Because she'd have three brains then. I suppose you're right. <laughs> uh, but, and it, I, I just feel like it was even probably, um, some, of its, some of its DNA got into things like Always Sunny, because mm. there's, they do really horrible shit to each other. Like, Patrick has a thing where he's kept a, a sex tape of everyone he's ever slept with. <laughs> uh, and then they find out later in the season that Susan has, like, the, the of the couple, the girl has slept with Patrick in the past. Right. And they're kind of like, well, you know, we're not going to make a big deal of it. And then the, the guy suddenly is like, wait a minute, that means he's a sex tape. Like, yeah, he, he was still filming people back then. Yeah, yeah. He's like, then there becomes a season arc of them, him, the dude trying to see the video. And Patrick being like, I'm not going to show you without her permission. And her being like, why would you want to see the video? And just, they were all kind of shitty to each other. 
Yeah. But in a lovely way. <laughs> I think that's one thing that uh, Always Sunny pulls off really well. If, yeah. your car, if your cast gel well with one another and if there's good chemistry there, you can make them the most horrible people on the planet. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, I think part of that as well is I, I, when somebody was trying to describe It's Always Sunny to me, it was the whole thing of, you know when you're in that situation with your mates and something happens and it gets slightly uncomfortable. Mm. Now wait about 30 seconds past the point where it got uncomfortable. And then you cut to another scene. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, also, there's nobody likable on the show, but everyone's kind of likable. And I'm yeah. like, all right. And then I watched it and I went, yeah, this just, this feels, they're a group of friends. Obviously, they get up into ridiculous situations, but their interactions feel more natural than yes. a lot of other things. Like a yeah. lot of other, like, you know, friend groups on TV are like, yeah, this feels kind of, you know. Whereas, like, the way they talk to one another, and I know they were friends before they, like, they, yeah, yeah. they make it as friends mm-hmm. together, like, it, it, it just that whole natural thing comes across like. I find friends to be the most solid one the whole way through and so on but I don't want to mention it because most of them are friends yeah, <laughs> but it is right. really solid I, it's done so well when you, when you were saying actually that you couldn't talk about wanking on yeah. something like friends there's an amazing clip from the last season um, uh, Blooper Reel right where it's the, the bit where um, Chandler and Monica are telling everyone that they're, they're giving up the apartment they're going to move out mm. And everyone said, "No, but this is this is your apartment. This is this is the whole. This is our thing." Like, and like you know, Ross kind of sitting there looking all down, downcast. And he's like, "Sometimes when I'm over in, in my, on my own in my apartment, I look over here, and Chandler's here, and he's just gone to town on himself." That's fucking phenomenal. Like oh, he just drops yeah. that in. Like, but yeah, you can kind of tell. Like the the. I think at one point there was a I vaguely remember there was a pay dispute between the different uh, between the cast members in the studio I think it was gone Friends season 3 mm. and half of them were getting paid or two of them were getting paid more than the rest of them mm. I think it was actually David Schwimmer was getting paid more than any of the others mm. and um, I think it was um what is it? It was him and Jennifer Aniston getting paid. No, I don't think it was Jennifer really? Aniston. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Lisa Kudrow. Because it was based on. <laughs> what, 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 last name I would have selected. Because I, there. because I think it was based on previous roles that they'd been in. That, that that's what oh, their, course, their yeah, things yeah. were negotiated at when they went in. Because she was the oldest of all of them. Like when, yeah, when they yeah. started filming. Like. Mm. So they basically threatened to go on strike. The pair of them threatened to go on strike until the other four got paid what they got paid. Mm. So it was very much well, a case of like. No, 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 they, they wanted <laughs> dollar. They wanted, yeah, they, I just they want wanted, that. They wanted all six to be on exactly the same because they were like, "This is ridiculous that we're yeah. going to pay more." They would kind of, surely if they found out about it. That's automatically a bad vibe and all. Yeah. yeah, but it was the fact that that like they were like, "Oh, this, you know, I think we're going to lose this shit." And then before anything happened, it was the pair at end that went to the studio. Yeah. You got to fix this or we're leaving. Yeah, and like obviously at this point they knew that they were onto a winner, so they were like, "Oh fuck yeah, quick, give them the yeah. money!" Like, I heard a yeah. great description of Friends, which is it sent to someone, and they're like. Yeah, it's an alright show. I mean, I've seen every episode twice, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good show. I mean, it's not the best show. I've seen everything, though. I've always yeah, I've seen... You know, it, was just so, it was such a permeating part of culture growing up. Like, I remember like that and Father Ted were the two kind of shows that defined secondary school for me. Because mm. it used to be the ones that people would talk about the next day in school. Mm. But Father Ted used to be shown on a Friday evening. So on Mondays, you go in, yeah. and people would be talking about it outside class. <laughs> But, like, I think it was uh, the new episode of Friends were on a Thursday or, or a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And everyone would be talking about it the next day. Like, 
And I was just, I, they were kind of like, when it permeates culture that much that even like 13, 14 year old kids are like talking about it. But then I knew that like, you know, my older brothers and sisters were into it. And like, yeah. you know, it was, it kind of cut that whole, like, it didn't really have a demographic. It's demographic. Yeah. People with TV. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I don't think I ever saw a new episode of Friends. I think I was just always watching it. I saw and it then once and I was like, what? Yeah. And then what is this? Just something new would be added into the cycle. And I was like, oh, I guess this is a new one from a year ago, but I never saw it at the time. No, yeah, no, it used to be, it used to be a regular one. Like, I do still fun. hold it really highly. I know it's, because, because it's friends, you wouldn't mention it, but we mention it now, but for me, I still hold it really, really highly. I know some people got bored of it and grew out of it and wouldn't watch it again, but if it's on, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, find it's it so easy to watch and it's, it's genuinely I saw it once so in, in Dublin French. It's very weird. Ooh, really? really it was actually like to the point where I was like I can't be in the room with this song yeah. because I'm so used to what they say yeah, yeah. that it's yeah. mm. it is inoffensive but not in a way that's offensive to me yeah, that exactly. makes sense yeah. Like it's, yeah. there's stuff out there where they're trying to hit middle of the road and this didn't hit middle of the road it kind of set the middle of the road yeah, exactly. yeah. they could they could do veer into weird sexy talk they could talk about lesbians they could talk about whatever they want if they didn't go too far it's because they decided like it was like nah we don't, wanna, we don't need to explore that We're I think they, they had a very good sense of of how to do comedy not, not like push the edge of comedy but almost like we know what we can get away with on TV yeah. so now how do we do it in such a way that makes it funnier than anything else on TV because yeah. American TV is so like their uh, standards and regulations thing is so tightly controlled mm. that like like the whole you can't flush it, you can't show a toilet flushing on American TV for years you couldn't that's why there's that episode of uh, Married with Children where he has a TV installed on uh, a mushroom uh, Toilet installed in the city. I'm having word salad here for some reason. <laughs> he has a, a, a toilet installed in front of the TV. So he's like, so I don't have to interrupt my shows. But he keeps flushing it. Every time someone's talking to him and he doesn't want to listen to him, he just flushes it. And every time Ooh. he does the crowd goes mental because it's the whole thing. It was the first time they could show it on TV. So they just kept on doing it. And it's just, it's this weird thing like that. They, the standards and regulations are like, nope, can't have it. Mm. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the random Netflix stuff that they're trying to just get away with now because there's no standard on what they do mm-hmm. and having watched Glow recently Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling there's a fantastic moment where Alison Brie is an actress who can't get a job and her, her and her friend are like getting changed uh, to go to the gym or something he's like I don't know I just can't get a job they, they don't want me they keep saying I'm a mousy type and it's not someone who's a thing and my, my agent asked if I want to do porn and it cuts to the other girl and goes well obviously don't do porn and it cuts back Alison Brie has her top off and her tits out and she's like well I'm not going to do porn yeah. and then puts a top on <laughs> yeah. and then they continue like just from that and it's like we can show this if we like we're Netflix tits live on the internet yeah but that's the thing as well is that like some of the more extreme stuff that you find on Netflix has come from TV mm. like the Netflix we have here is it's pretty much peasant Netflix compared to the States. <laughs> yeah. But some of the shows that they have on the States, like they've... Uh, and they have all the BBC stuff, which makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's BBC well, America. Yeah. Sure they they have all the good stuff. So, but even, yeah, like, I mean, like, as we talked about um, in the last episode, like the Hannibal stuff, like, like mm. Hannibal's all on Netflix. Well, season three isn't on it yet, but like, that's very much kind of, that's fairly extreme. There's a lot of extreme imagery in that. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of moments in that where I'm like, I need a moment. Yeah. I need, I need, I need I need to yeah. take a minute. I used to come home and watch Bones or CSI because it was procedural. Like there wasn't anything to follow. I'd cook dinner and I'd eat dinner while it was on because I lived by myself and just like that was me coming back from college or my first job. 
and then Hannibal started and like I remember like just sticking one on cooking up something about to take a forkful of food and just seeing something on the screen pushing yeah. my food away and like nope. nope I could watch any other procedure I could watch people stripping flesh from bones and do you know what it, it's the one show that uh, I thought would actually affect me like that and all fat jokes aside I like it doesn't bother me like when I see it because I think it's because it's that whole thing of I've I studied how they do special effects. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So when I look at it, I'm I'm just looking at like, oh, and I know how they did that by using blah. And you know mm. what I mean? It doesn't bother me. Like, I've, I get such mixed results from people when they when he puts food on the table. Half the people I know is like, oh, it looks so delicious and rich. And other people go, it looks dead and sad. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a very kind of bleached color palette. Yeah, actually. they make it. He puts down a Renaissance painting every time. It's yeah. like this very stylized version of food. The, the birds that were drowned in wine yeah <laughs> i mean come on apparently he wants to eat that yeah gotcha. <laughs> but also you're just little birds about. drowned in wine yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool Elmer, what was your tv ensemble i suppose twin peaks is too compartmentalized to be an ensemble cast is it not really it uh it it does jump around in a Good, way. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise I was coming into the Black Lodge when, when, uh, <laughs> when I read the podcast. I was like, there's a log. Because you know what it is? You know when you see something and you think, oh, it's Twin Peaks. No, it's not. It's just a log. Yeah. Oh, hang on, no. Who would have a log cushion if it's not the Twin Peaks? <laughs> no, no, and no. I saw everything else. I was like, if you're in Johnny's oh, house, you can yeah. assume it's Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Twin yeah. Peaks or Silent Hill. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, we're, if it's not ensemble, we can definitely say supporting cast. It's, it's, yeah. The supporting cast is nothing like is on has been on TV. Surely, mm. for I can't remember when. Look at the, the list of actors in that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's just it's. I just there's, can't get there, over. There's a couple of shows that come close to it, but there's not many that can actually yeah. like. And you know this is a. It's because it's David Lynch. He's getting these people. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they would be calling him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Of course, he's got his 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 original cast who probably weren't up to much. Well, Some of them. Kyle McLachlan, he worked with her on a bunch of stuff before, but things oh, like yeah. David no. Duchovny coming in as the... Yeah, uh, again, yeah, yeah. No, I just mean like... FBI like Bobby Briggs. What what was his um, as an actor? Was he up to much since the last 25 years? I think some of them have been doing like theatre or no, yeah, directing. But, yeah, and, like, they're no, not necessarily... Saying, they, didn't, they didn't go Kyle McLachlan or... Uh, I was going to say Laura Dern, but she wasn't in the movies. Yeah, so I will say that because it's my favourite show and I just love talking about it. So mm. I want to bring it up. Okay. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, the, the, the casting in it was magnificent. Yeah. Um, saying that thing of like people wanting to work with them and wanting to be in the show, uh, watching the new series, Michael Cera shows up at one point. Yeah. And just does this Rebel Without a Cause character. <laughs> so awkward. No reason to be in it. No. Like, I, I have to believe that David Lynch just thought it was funny. It was like, yeah. It was I, like, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do anything. You'll do anything. All right. But I, but I also wonder is if, it, if it's him doing, uh, if it's David Lynch being like, he's contacting people that have been, have new actors have come on the scene yeah. since he did the last season. Yeah. He's like, can you, uh, from, from his films, wanna, they're, they're, like practically, yeah, they're practically all from his films since Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. So you've got Naomi Watts, Laura Dern, you've got, um, I think Graham shows up at one point. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Tim Roth was, but I was so happy he's in it. Um, who else is there? But even the, the old characters are, he's not just, they're, they're so important to it. Yeah. They're so important to it, and, and they're still good. Some of them, like Bobby Briggs, is, I don't know what the actor's name, but he, him and James, I'm so glad they're in it, and they're brilliant in it, but they're, they have, they're, they're not great actors. Yeah. But they don't really need to be. I don't. Know, I think if you, like if people most associate them with roles like that, then it's like that's fine. Yeah. Because once they're just reprising the role, then you're yeah. like, 
Look, it, this is just like, like yeah. they're the same characters. That's fine. Like when I first saw all the, the actors that were going to be in it, I was like, this could be trouble. This could be a problem. Yeah, yeah. There's mm. too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though Twin Peaks has always had a huge cast because of the spiraling stories and um, I had I thought it was going to be bad, but it's not. And I also thought there was going to be a cameo feel to every one of them, mm. and it hasn't been oh, no. in every. During I probably think once an episode. The Fire Michael Sarah was that was going to be that kind of a bit weird. And I, I didn't I didn't actually like that scene. No, I, I didn't. I thought it went on slightly too long. The only thing that made it was uh, maybe Andy and you know kind of standing there looking yeah. at your son the reactions because I think it's because I personally don't like Michael Sarah yeah, now. Yeah, do it. And I kind of like okay, you're in my show. Make it quick. And it wasn't quick at all. But I do looking back on it, think the whole idea was hilarious. He's like a mishmash of Marlon Brando characters. Yeah. It's just stupid. I, so I don't know yeah. if it's uh, I don't think it's come I don't think it's top the level of of actors, but like in terms of and I don't even know if it counts because a lot of them kind of started off in it, but the uh, Oz mm. and a lot of that. There's a yeah. lot of actors that come in for two or three episodes and are gone. And yeah. There's such a huge cast involved in that. Well they start they I But that there's a lot of like I said, a lot of the characters started there. Yeah. And then you like so if you go back and watch it now like and you see Lance Reddick and you see the like like yeah. the other characters and you're just like, oh yeah, that's what they're in. But I don't really remember them being in anything before that. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind yeah. of a where they started out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like again, it that comes back to that thing of well, is the faculty a, a an ensemble yeah, film yeah, yeah. when that was actually like the second or third film for a lot of them and it was kind of their starting big roles. Yeah. Like I don't think when Twin Peaks started, it was a massive amount of characters. Colin McLaughlin was only worked with him. Did he work with him before that? No, he did. Yeah, he, was he did. Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Yeah. Um. I yeah. think maybe when it came to Twin Peaks for Walking is different. That's when he started. It was so big then. Yeah, he got people in. Yeah, you could. Everyone wanted to be in. Bowie in it. Bowie, Bowie like, yeah. yeah. I think that, like, the 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 only actor I've heard, uh, the only director I've heard of similar was uh, Terrence Malick mm. when he went to do uh, Thin Red Line, mm. and I did consider that for a film. Like in that, the amount of people who were in that film, Billy Bob Thornton recorded two and a half hours of dialogue for Thin Red Line. He's not in that film because <laughs> there was so much cut. Wow. When Sean Penn. Well, to, uh, Sean Penn's like one of the main guy, guys in it and, and he was like he said when he was asked did he want to be in it he was like I don't care how much you pay me I don't care what you want me to do it's a Terrence Malick film I'll do it I think you're right I think that's what that, I think definitely Lynch gets that oh absolutely and I don't think he probably didn't even have to contact Nine Inch Nails to be in that episode no I'm almost like oh yeah I'd say there's oh, yeah, no I, people... I automatically assume that inside of David Lynch's head is just a nine inch nail sound. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, well, just... they they worked together on uh, Last Highway, so yeah. yeah. But I, I would imagine well, maybe he did. I'm not, I'm not, he's not. He's not like, God. Well, like, people will. He had to contact. No, but I'm people. sure if you like, like I mean, he would have to contact Perfect Drug was, was written still... for Last Highway, was it? Or um, there was yeah, there was a couple of songs possibly, but I think he did some of the incidental music as well. Yeah, but it was there, there was some stuff that was written specifically for it, and it appeared yeah, first well, I, on the soundtrack before it appeared. Yeah, on Yeah, I can't remember because I think you're right because that and Smashing Pumpkins I ran. I think yeah, I think you're right. So like I I mean at that point if they, if if you working with someone mm. like that and I doubt Lynch would be the type of person to step back and just let him do his thing. He'd be like yeah he'd want to be included yeah, yeah. I I assume that like if they've worked the second time together then I'm like well then they were obviously friends they've stayed yeah. friends since yeah then. so him being in it, it wasn't a case of masking he's like he's like. Or like it wouldn't be like oh I got my people to reach out to me just yeah. in case of like they ran into each other like oh by the way I'm doing a new season do you want to be in it yeah exactly. you know it'd be more kind of incidental thing. and then outside of the, outside of the original cast the new kind of like Naomi Watts and stuff like that that are kind of great gets for a show like that yeah. it has 
actors like Harry Dean Stanton and Robert Forster who are just unbelievable actors. Like they're high quality, mm. top of the range thing. I wouldn't imagine them on much TV. Yeah. They did like there's no way Harry this they they probably would yeah they would do it, but it's just so weird that he, he's mixing them all it's like a weird Tarantino thing, like he would bring back yeah. some new people and mix them with old people and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I just I can't get over how much I love the cast in it. I can't get over how good mm. this season is. Yeah, I just can't I, I mean, get over I mean, like, how good it is. Oz is the only one that jumps out as being even close to it in numbers. But like yeah, I said, I think yeah. so many of them that was their kind of their break yeah. for where because like it was such an intense show and it was such a show where you could kind of show people yeah. off. Like, and there was a couple of actors as well, in, like I said, in Thin Red Line, where big actors who were in it for like two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. And because it was a thing, I like because it was a Terrence Manick film, um, George Clooney's in that film for a minute and a half and half mm. of his dialogue is, is voiced over because somebody like um, <laughs> John Caviezel's character starts talking and, and it comes over his one, like his face into the background. Um, there's there's so many people who were just briefly mm. in that film yeah. and then there was so much stuff that like there was a lot of people who filmed stuff for it and it was never used yeah. I think the director's cut for like he said if uh, I, I said he wouldn't do one but if he did the director's cut for uh, Thin Red Line would be close to um, five hours or something five hours yeah five six yeah. hours and yeah. it's, like, it's, it's my favourite film of all time it's like that and Brick were like my, are my two mm. favourite films but yeah. Thin Red Line is one that kind of stands out as being the yeah. film like the only thing about Oz was it was sort of uh, locked into the prison thing so they had a huge cast but they didn't have to keep bringing in new people though. they didn't have to do mm. that because they, 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 they could isolate it they trans- someone would get tr- new transfer to no, no 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 but know. They, they could have full control over that they didn't really have to like if you're doing it in a town and stuff like that mm. like, oh you have to have these you have characters. to have these yeah. coming in and out like yeah but um, Twin Peaks has too much of a cast for any other show to make that work but somehow this works well it doesn't work for everybody yeah. some people are infuriated by trying to keep up with the new storylines with new characters there's so many they're introducing new ones yeah. every episode I think it's um, I was going to for my movie I was going to uh, pick the Grand Budapest Hotel because I mm. but I find that when you've got so many people in and out and in and out and they're only in for two scenes and they're gone again it's not really the ensemble cast it is just I, yeah. I put that I put ensemble more on the Royal Tenenbaums then yeah, because that that's be. actually one yeah. where there, there's a lot of scenes with a lot of high mm-hmm. quality actors and Ben Stiller on it. Like, so yeah. I think Twin Peaks is getting to that where there's they're bringing people in and doing them out, and I don't I don't think there's going to be callbacks. I don't think we're going to get to explore these characters. It is just it's kind of the world. It's but that's how you make a more convincing world. You introduce characters where you don't fully explain everything. Mm. Yeah, like it's the it it doesn't really work in books. In books, I like it where there's a writer that I I read a lot of and I love is Dan Abnett. Um, he's big writer for 2008 um, mm. back in the day he's the guy in charge of a lot of the stuff for well he's jointly in charge of all the stuff for the Warhammer universe um, but he's also his run of uh, back I think it was in 2001 2002 um, might have been more recent uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy was the basis for the films mm. um, he also has written for stuff like Shadows of Mordor the game right, and right. that type of thing um, phenomenal writer uh, has a really good method of going like Top of page 100, here's a brand new character. Yeah. And it's a, it's a war novel or something going on. Mm. Here's a brand new character. One paragraph in, you know everything about the character. You know that he's married and he has two kids. Mm. And he's yes. served in the military for 20 years. And it's been a quiet life, but then only something recently has gone wrong. And then a, a paragraph later, you know all about the character's ticks and what pisses them off and what they're yeah. trying to achieve. And a paragraph later, they're dead. And it's not even the bottom of page 100 and you're gutted. Yeah. Yeah. He just has this That's really good, good yeah. way of doing yeah. it. But it doesn't translate well outside of books. Mm-hmm. I think in film, it's better to, or in TV, to introduce a character 
and just leave a little few drops yeah. in there like I wonder what they're like because yeah. you don't have that whole kind of someone standing there on the side of the screen going this meet this guy this yeah. is what this guy's about it's yeah, more can, kind of you can't get a show and don't tell and like yeah, if the guy has yeah. two different colour lenses in his glasses he's like oh, I bet he's a character I bet. Yeah, I bet, yeah, yeah. if you're talking about Twin Peaks it could be a doppelganger could be a doppelganger, yes. <laughs> or it could be a tulpa instead of a doppelganger, which you're just splitting them up again. It's absolutely insane but they, how but they can do that. And that's why you get Colin McLaughlin is a supporting character in that. Kind it's of, like, yeah, yeah, kind of is. And he's yeah. amazing in it because there's no, there's no, 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 give away too much. But it's, but yeah, but I, I, I like, I think that's a better approach in, in TV, where, and I think that's why. I wonder was that, that I, yeah, works. I wonder was that how they got Colin McLaughlin? They said, you don't have to play. Just Cooper straight off the press. Oh, no, he wasn't a rip. Oh, he, uh, the, the interviews coming up to it, he was saying that he really enjoyed playing Cooper. And he, like, everybody looked like they were enjoying Like, they, yeah. they talked so fondly about their time of working with yeah. Alan Twin Peaks and working with David Lynch. And he, like, he loves the character. He was saying, I love playing Cooper because it's someone who's very powerful in terms of his job, but also the kind of person he is. He never has to demonstrate it. He never pulls rank. He never, like, strong arms someone. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a nice character, this strange, understated character. Man, he fucking knows that character so well. Mm. Like he yeah. can't wait to play him again. Apparently, the when they were doing the Jose Chung's from Outer Space episode of the X Files, which is mm. a big nod to, uh, to Twin Peaks. There's like the whole references with the, you walked in, he he ordered a slice of sweet potato pie, and he'd order a coffee and a sweet potato. Yeah, pie it's I like that they put nods to it because it's definitely you can tell. Like, but, yeah, but even then, like apparently David Duchovny was really reluctant to do it until he read the script, and then he was like, "Oh, this is this actually kind of captures it pretty yeah. well." But yeah. then he apparently contacted Clive McLaughlin and was like, before I do this, because yes. this is basically your character, this, I'm, this is Mulder via Cooper, Yeah, is this, it, like, are you okay with it? And he was he was allowed to look at the script before they shot oh, it, nice. and he, they were like, yeah, no, go for it. Cool. So they're like, uh, I, I like that if you're going to do a nod to it, they're at least, like, even the actors themselves are not, like, you know, we're kind of reverential about it. Like, Well, they do the, the dream episode of Buffy, is it called Revelations or something? Um, and... It is just like, there's a bit where I'm like, I wonder if they're doing another Twin Peaks. And it's just red curtains, yeah. a chevron on the floor. And I'm like, I wonder no more. That's, <laughs> that's very direct. Thank yeah. you. That's, that's uh, the only downside to Twin Peaks going for another season is that like the Simpsons are going to feel obligated to do <laughs> yeah. enough more episodes yeah. to, to cover the, red, the new season. It's mad because four of the actors have died in the last year. Jesus. David Bowie, because he David Bowie was supposed to definitely have a big part in this, because yeah, they're yeah. bringing Philip Jeffries' character back into it. I don't know what they can do now with it. They don't. They can. Yeah, they don't have to. Um, obviously, Doc Hayward, who was Mark Snow's dad, mm. died. Log Lady, and fucking Miguel Ferrer, who's uh, Albert, mm. which is going to be the biggest loss of them all. I mm. think, not having him if they do. Well, I don't. It's not, are they going to get a sweet too? I think they might. I'll kickstart with everything I have. Yes. Everything. They have to. See, I mean, they have to be saving money on the, three, the effects three budget. Years. It's terrible. Right. Three, three years from now, helmet sitting on the Haveny Bridge, bare, yeah. begging for change to yeah. get news Netflix subscription to watch yeah, the next yeah. season. Like, yeah. I, I have two. to know what the noise... I think I do know what the noise in the Great Northerners, but I need to know. So I need to know all the things. I love. I hope they. I hope they give them two seasons to David Lynch, and then a the third season where they take it away from him again. <laughs> like, no, sorry, David. We're doing the same thing we did last time because we yeah. have to answer some of these questions. Yeah, fine. I'll just make another movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That could work. Uh, all right. Yeah. What's Aaron? What's the, is there homework for for this episode? The homework is uh, I'm gonna watch sneakers. 
Uh, okay. We've now mentioned lucky number Slevin twice. twice. So either go watch it or else start telling people about this cool new dance called the Kansas City Shuffle and just start getting that out in the world. Uh, play Bro Force. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to change my name to Potus McPotus Face. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's our show. Big thanks to Helmet for joining us. Look for Sprinter on SoundCloud, where he has plenty more kick-ass 80s-inspired music. Remember to check us out at Dystropia on Facebook and Twitter. Have fun.